I want to kind of set up where we're going here today. I believe today is a really significant day. I believe there's some things that God wants to do really personal and really deep in us today, but we need to invite him. Amen? Amen. So if you're Psalms 23, say, oh, yeah. Says this, says, the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say shepherd. Listen, the Bible says in John 10 that he is the good shepherd. And he says that he knows you and he calls you by name. So God's a personal God. He knows exactly where you're at today. And uh, he knows exactly what you need today from him. So then it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The word want there means I shall not lack. It says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to pause there for a minute. While we were worshiping a while ago, um, I was uh, reminded of a time that several years ago was when we did our first youth camp down in North Carolina. And I uh, had never led a youth camp before as far as that magnitude. It was about 250, 260 people. And, uh, and I had to raise, uh, you know, that it may not seem a lot to some of you guys in this room, but I, I, I had to, with our team, we had to raise $53,000 for one week of camp. And, uh, and I was stressed out. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? And uh, I remember right before we, uh, you know, went to this camp, I, I went home to Alabama and I ended up fishing with my brother and my stepdad. And we were down in the um, kind of like an offshoot of the Gulf of Mexico. It's beautiful down there. Love the beaches. And uh, I still remember the exact spot where we were at where it came to me. Um, I was sitting there beside some still waters fishing. And I remember uh, almost like snapping out of realizing that I was experiencing a peace at that moment that I hadn't felt in a long time. And it was like as soon as I realized that all that stress came back on me and I tightened back up. And that was kind of like the rest of the day. It was like this ebb and flow of this peace and this stress. And here's what I realized that day, and here's why I'm saying this, is I think sometimes we live in that mode so much we think it's normal. And God has to sometimes take us uh, by some still waters to say, you know, what you've been experiencing is not really normal. Amen. So listen to this next part here. It says, yea, though I walk through. Somebody say through. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're walking through. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, you're walking through. Never said, yea, though I sit and crawl and then ultimately die says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The, the word there, shadow of death, in the Hebrew language actually means the shadow uh, or the valley of experiences. That's what it means. It just means basically life experiences. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear not. And then it says in verse 5, it says, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy Shall follow me. And I love is what one preacher uh, said one time. He says, sometimes it catches up with us and overtakes us. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not some of the days, but all the days. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. He's the good shepherd. So here's what I want to do this morning. Um, I believe God wants to put his finger on some things in our hearts. And there's a possibility that it might be uncomfortable. Um, but I want you to know that, that I'm just believing this today, that the good shepherd, and here's the word that I keep hearing today, that the gentle shepherd is going to come in today and he's going to move in our hearts. That, it, you know, even this morning in prayer, we were praying as a group, the man, he's gentle, he's kind, he's caring, he's loving, right? I don't think today is the day where God wants to come in and just kind of kick the door down. I think he wants to come in gently and softly. Because, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, nobody wants a doctor or a nurse that just kind of comes in the room and is rough with a patient. Right? You, you know, uh, yesterday, I can't remember who, uh, you know, Jen showed me a picture. Oh, it's uh, a family in, in North Carolina that we used to be really close to. Uh, the, her mom is an elderly lady. Uh, a nurse slammed her knee in the door, and she had this massive cut. I mean, it just looked nasty on her knee. And that, that's called somebody not being gentle and not being patient, right? may also be called a lawsuit. I don't know. 
But, but I just think, man, when God comes, he wants to bring healing, healing with us. He comes gentle. Amen. And you don't have to be afraid of that. Yes. So if you don't mind, just pray with me. And uh, we're just going to believe that the good shepherd's going to walk in gently today. And he's going to move in our hearts and heal us where we need to be healed. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today that you are the good shepherd. Right there where it says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Father, we ask today, God, that you would come and all that that means as the good shepherd today. God, even the fact that you are good, that you are good, that you are good, and that you are for us and not against us. Father, we thank you today, God, that you will walk in this room, that you're already here in this room. And God, that you've come gently, God, and you've come to heal, you've come to mend. And Lord, we just say today, we give you permission. God, even as we were singing earlier, uh, we just ask, God, that you would give us the courage not to hide behind walls any longer. Come on, God, give us the courage to do that. God, it's so easy, it's so easy, it's so easy to come into church and and be good-hearted but still be fake. God, we don't want to be fake. We want to be real. We want to be genuine. God, we want to be whole. We want to be well. So, Lord, just come and do what only you can do in our lives today. Father, we give you permission to go beyond surface level. We give you permission, God, today to go deep. Come on, can you say it? We say, say, Lord, you are my shepherd. And I give you permission to go deep. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, a lot of times with a wound, and I may be wrong with this, and so if you're a nurse, correct me later. Uh, but a lot of times a wound actually heals from the inside out. Right? It begins to bring healing on the inside. Is that okay to say that? Okay, i got a nurse acknowledging that. So it's okay today that, that uh, let God go deep. Amen? Let him do his thing. So, okay. So this morning I, I was going to, I was planning on uh, basically starting a new series out of Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, kind of as the week progressed, I, I kept feeling like the Holy Spirit was nudging me in a different direction. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it was like uh, my mind was working in one direction, but the Holy Spirit was moving me in, the, in another direction. And, uh, you know, yesterday morning I finally was like, okay, and I, I just got before the Lord again and said, okay, Lord, I, I, I have this. You know, these notes, and then I have this in my heart. God, which way do you want to go? And I just, I just felt like the Lord uh, just put the impression on my heart that this, that we could, uh, you know, keep pressing forward and we could go into, uh, you know, this new series and it'd be all right and it'd be fine. But, but I felt like if we, if we didn't hit the pause button there and then lean into what he was doing over here or address what he was doing over here, then we would maybe miss an opportunity or miss a moment uh, what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in us today. So that's where we're going to sit today. Uh, we're just going to be open and honest, and, and uh, the screen will pop up in a second. Now, i got to be honest with you. I wasn't planning on talking about this at all, but we're going to talk about it wasn't even on my radar. Uh, so I just believe it's the Lord. And uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about church hurt today. Don't get loud on me now, all right? It's a real thing, is it? Listen, let me tell you how this nudge started. Uh, last week, um, when Pastor Brian was preaching I was sitting over here by these guys, and, and Pastor Brian asked a question. Now, on, on surface level, it was just a, a, a simple, uh, you know, straightforward question. Uh, but I want you to know something. There, there's times when, when preachers preach, and they preach stuff, and it's just good information, and you understand it intellectually, and you go, man, that was awesome, good word, and you go about your day. But then there's other times when the preacher's preaching that their words hold more weight than normal. In other words, they can preach a whole message and there can even be a piece in it that is just like, there it is. Right. And so it's like that, that when those words are spoken, it's like they don't they don't just stick out, but they stick to you. And the reason they stick to you is because the anointing of God literally carries those words beyond your mind and he causes them to land in your spirit. And that's what happened to me when I was sitting over there last week. It was like the word the word of God went past my mind. It bypassed my mind and it hit home. Amen. So, listen, here's the question that he asked us last week. He said this, and, 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 of course, he was it was an emotional moment for him, but he asked us, he said, what is God messing with you about? What is God messing with you about? Now, I don't know about you, but I immediately had an answer to that question. Listen, he asked it in, in several ways, and then he kind of moved on. But as he moved on, I was sitting over there having a flashback to several weeks prior where I was reading my Bible and I was only like two, three verses, you know, 
into it, right? And it was, and, and there was this verse that jumped out at me. In fact, it was two words. And, um, I thought it was too soon for that to happen to me that day. <laughs> you, you, you know, and, and, and so I, I kind of brushed it off halfway ignored it. I didn't want to acknowledge that God was putting his finger on something that was in my heart. And, and so I moved on and I got about three more verses beyond those two words. And then I felt the Holy Spirit reel me back in and say, no, Quentin, uh, th- that's you. And you need to acknowledge that that's you. And anybody ever been there? So take that for what it is. So Sunday afternoon, fast forward from, from church to Sunday afternoon to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. And I just kept thinking about that question and everything that that moment implies with it. And, and if you... Uh, you know, can maybe bear with me here. It's um, because I'm kind of assuming that I wasn't the only one that God was messing with in that moment. Surely I wasn't the only one, right? So, but but it, it implies this. It implies number one that God has spoken to us, and it also implies that, however that came to us, that it implies that what that we heard God. That's a good thing. Amen. Amen. It's a good thing. Now, listen, throughout the week, I just kept thinking about this. I kept thinking about that it isn't good enough just to hear God. Do you get that? It, it just isn't good enough to hear God. Because why? Because just hearing something has never produced the desired results of anything. Amen. It, let me kind of paint a picture for, for some of us in this room. If I am sitting in my house and my wife comes in a sweet way, sweet way, this is important to her, in a sweet way, that um, she asked me to, I love you, she asked me to take out the trash ever so kindly. To take out the trash, right? Because you do. Because you. Please take out the trash. And um, let's just say it this way. If I, if I don't do something with those words, the trash will what? It'll stay in the trash can. Right? So, or we could say this, what if my wife comes back through the living room, wherever I'm at an hour later, and she says, hey, have you taken the trash out yet? How many of you guys know the excuse of, well, I was thinking about it. Is it going to do me any favors in that moment? Can I get a witness? All right. Listen, the reason it's not going to do me any favors is because she's looking for a response, but she's looking more than a response. She's looking for an action. She's looking for results. She's looking for the trash to be taken out. And there's times where God wants to bring the trash out of our lives. And we got to do more than just kind of hear him and more than just, uh, you know, think about it. We got to do something about it. Amen. So here's something. Maybe say some point hearing something from God and even thinking about something he has said will never produce the necessary life change he is trying to bring about in our lives. And I want to give you a biblical example of this. Look with me in Mark 10. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Uh, from the other Gospels, we can surmise that this is talking about a guy that's known as the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. He was rich. He was young. He was a ruler. All right. Revelation right there. All right. <laughs> says this in verse 17, it says, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Roll over to verse 19. Jesus replied, To answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not not testify falsely or lie. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. Verse 20, it says, Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love. Somebody say genuine love. Felt genuine love for him. And he said this. There is still one thing that you haven't done. Your translation may say there's one thing that you still lack. How many of you guys know that sometimes it can just be one thing that's holding us back? Everybody listen to that, please. Don't bypass that. Sometimes it can be one thing that's holding us back. You know, how many times as believers have we said this? Have we said, well, you you know, I'm doing good. I just got this one thing. Isn't that truth? We have. Just this one thing. But here Jesus is saying... Look, there's still one thing you haven't done. Or we can say one thing that you're still holding on to. He said, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have the treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22 says, at this, the man's face or the man's countenance fell. Now, this is important. Don't miss this. Did Jesus mess with him just to mess with him? 
just to mess with him, you know, just that sake? Or did Jesus point out an obstacle in the rich young ruler's heart for that guy's benefit and to help that guy? Now, now get this. It was 100% for the rich young ruler's benefit. 100%. So I think we'd all agree in this room that God doesn't ever just mess with us to mess with us. Rather, he messes with us, right? Because he has a purpose in mind. And just maybe, just maybe that purpose is for our benefit. Maybe. Amen? Amen. Listen, if we think going back, if we think he's a good shepherd, shepherd and a good father, he is always doing something for our good. May not always feel like it, but it is. Amen? So, in fact, I, I think if we um, would grab a hold of this one scripture in those moments, I think it would encourage us. But look, look at Philippians 1.6. It says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, you know that's you, right? says he will continue his work. He will continue, continue, continue his work. How long? Until it is finally finished. On the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it's this idea that either until I die or until Jesus comes back, he's going to continue to work with me. Amen? He's going to continue to work on me. See, the point is this. is The reason God is messing with us is because he's being faithful to the promise he gave us. Listen, he is being faithful to complete his work he began in us. So everybody look at me, please. So it's this understanding where he begins to mess with our hearts that he's just saying, look, this is me being faithful to you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen, I believe God is constantly trying to fulfill this verse in our lives because he is constantly trying to bring us to greater levels of destiny, greater levels of purpose, greater level of identity. But ultimately, guess what? It's up to us to cooperate with him in this process. So if I can maybe jump ahead here, and I might mess you up, Aubrey, but but I, I think it's this. So when we're looking at what all this implies, remember we said the first thing it implies is that God has spoke to us. Secondly, that we've heard him. And thirdly, it's this. is It must imply, or there must be another part of the equation, is how will we respond? How will we respond? That's so key. In fact, the, the determining factor in how far we go with God is how will we respond. Amen? I'm amazed at how often the determining factor of how we respond to things is by what people think. Does that make sense what I'm saying? In other words, that, that God is wanting to do something in us, but, but, we, but we say, you know what, well, well, if I do that, what's so-and-so going to think? How's so-and-so going to respond? And, man, that has held people back for so long. <laughs> Too long. Yes? It, you, you know, it, it's just fear is a booger. <laughs> It'll get you, right? Let's move on. So anyway, so I say all that to kind of say this. That's God's heart in this whole thing. He just basically wants us to become who he's desired for us to be. Plain and simple. He wants us, once again, I prayed it earlier, but he wants us healed. He wants us whole. Everybody listen, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. All right. Now let's get to where we need to go today. As Pastor Brian was preaching that the other day, so like I said, he asked that question, what's God messing with you? He moved on. I'm having my flashback. And then what happened was is God brought that, once again, that initial verse up to me with those two words. And then God attached or he added another few verses to that while I was sitting there. And, and I want to share with you basically the, the scripture that I heard while he kept preaching. It says this. I'm going to read in a different translation than what I originally know, but I like the way this words it. Uh, so it's Galatians 5, 7 through 9. I'm actually going to read out of the Message Bible. I don't use the Message Bible much, but I like how this says it. It says this. It says, you were running superbly. Somebody say that word for me. That too. All right. Other translations say basically you were running well or you were running a good race. And then he says this. It says, who cut in on you? And you see up there, I put in what the other translations say. It says, who hindered you? Who held you back? Who interfered with you? Now watch this. It says, it says deflecting you from the true course of obedience. Or we could say the true course of your destiny. This isn't why I asked you to sit up here, but hop up. It's almost like if you can imagine this, that Paul is saying, Paul is saying that, man, that you're, that you're on your journey. You know, you're walking in your destiny. And there are things that come and just keep doing this. Things that just keep knocking you out of your way as you're moving, right? And there's things that even come, and he says, not only that, but it, but it holds you up. And you keep trying to move, but you can't move forward. And then there's even things that come, and they trip you. <laughs> Don't fall. 
Right? That's what he's saying. It's that kind of picture. You were running a good race. And, and if you can kind of imagine, I, you're, you're good. Quit following me. Um, I, I wanted to show a video this morning, but I didn't because mainly it had this really gruesome injury on it. And, and I just couldn't. I wasn't going to watch it, and I didn't want you to watch it. But, but, but I was going to show you some track and field stuff. With people running, and it's so funny. They're running, and people are screaming at them, cheering them on. And this one girl, she, she gets in the gate. She starts, and she takes off running, and she runs as fast as she can. And this girl just steps out on the first lane, and she slams right into her. And both of them fell on the ground. It was pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. There's something funny about watching people not get hurt really bad, but just get hurt. It's funny, okay? Pray for me. And then, Angel, it's you, yes. I've had those moments. So then, then the next clip, it shows this girl, and obviously she is, like, way behind. And Because the people, it's on cell phone, they're all, like, laughing. Because they're like, come on, girl, get out the way. <laughs> right? And she's running, and the, and the, crowd, the, uh, the rest of the runs are catching up with her. So they're about to, like, lap her. And she tries to go jump this hurdle, and she, like, misses it and falls off into the water. It's, it's funny. So then the next guy, he's running, running, running. And he goes to jump over the hurdle, and he doesn't make it, and his face slams into the hurdle, and he just, like, bows all over, and it's hilarious. But anyway, so so if you kind of get, get in your mind that, man, that's us, we're running this race, and, and just things happen, right? Yes? All right. Y'all pray for me, all right? So it says, you were running well. Who cut in on you? Let's get back spiritual. And so it says, it says, deflecting you from the true course of obedience. Watch this. He says, this detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. That's powerful. This detour, these things that you're dealing with, don't come from the one that, that called you to the race in the first place. And watch this. Please don't miss this. It says, and please don't toss this off as insignificant. Man, we do that way too much. Something happens in life. Somebody trips us up. Somebody cuts in on us. Something happens in life, and we try to blow it off like it's nothing. We try to, let me tell you another way. We try to act like it didn't really affect us. Like it didn't really make a difference in our lives. But it did. Amen? Listen, he says this. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Wow. So literally, we run the race, and we get tagged up. We fall down, whatever. We try to get up and act like we didn't really skin our knee and kept running and acted like it didn't affect us. But it really has. If you can kind of imagine this, and, I, you know, um, I have hyperextended my right knee before. So I did it a week before Caden was born, and it still bothers me to this day. Never went to the doctor. I don't know what's wrong with it, really, but, but something's wrong with it. And, uh, and so I just keep just trying to suck it up and play through it. But it has definitely affected my game. You know, my game is not what it used to be. I'm not as fast as what I used to be. It has nothing to do with I'm 20 years older. It just, I'm just not as fast as I used to be. All right. So, all right. I'm digressing here. All right. All right. Here we go. So listen. So initially I'm sitting over there and I'm hearing this verse and immediately I go into my default settings on my view of this verse. And uh, the reason is, is because I've preached this verse on several occasions, and it's inevitably when I've preached this, I, I've kind of attached a list to the things, uh, you know, that, that potentially hinder our walks with God or keep us from, uh, you know, moving forward, things that hold us back from, uh, you know, from fulfilling our destiny. And this list typically looks something like this. And I'm going to say it because there's people in here that you fall on this list, even though it's not the main point today. The first one is this, is unforgiveness. That somehow a relationship gets sideways, we get offended, we get hurt, we get bitter, and now we're limping. Listen, that, that, that maybe there's a wrong relationship. And what I mean by that is this, is I've seen this so much over the last 20 years, that there's a person that they get on fire for God, they're doing good for God, and then a person comes into their life that doesn't really love the Lord. You know, they can, they can maybe not be as passionate, maybe, they, maybe they're carnal, you know, they compromise a lot, or maybe they just don't know God at all. But somewhere in the, it meets a need in that individual's life, and so they stray, they detour to have a relationship with that individual. And it happens a lot of times uh, with single people that really want to get married. And they just want some affection, they want some love, and so they, they meet someone that, that the Bible calls is unequally yoked, and they get locked up in a relationship that they have no business being locked up in, and they get held back. Don't go sleep on me this morning. 
Next thing could be just a specific sin. It could be pornography, lying, anger, fill in the blank, right? We, we all know what those things are. Insecurities, lack of confidence, lack of self-worth, lack of courage. Those things keep us from running the race. It could be fear, worry, anxiety. It could be depression. It could be a poverty mindset, a victim mindset. It could be just bad habits that we have. It could even be this, and don't, don't boo me here, but it could be personality flaws. I know none of us have them, but it could be personality flaws. Y'all quit looking at each other. That, that, that is something like this, that there's just something that's so ingrained in our personality that, man, we just, we just rub people the wrong way. Right? That thing holds us back from filling our destiny. Why? Because it kills our kingdom influence. Yes? It could be this. It could be a lack of passion. It could be a lack of consistency. In fact, I, I got a call from a young man a few days ago. He said this. He said, PQ, I need you to pray for me, and I want you to hold me accountable because I'm struggling with pornography. Now, watch this. He said, and I know it's because I, I'm not praying like I should, and I'm not reading like I should, and I'm reading my Bible. And what he was saying is this, is because he is uh, physically tired, he's spiritually tired, and then when the attack comes, he doesn't have the power to fight it. So he falls. That's what he's saying, okay? So it could be, once again, a lack of consistency, just walk with God. It could be a lack of a pursuit. It could be even a lack of trust in God. And it could be this, and I think this is one of the, the, the most powerful ones that could be on this list. And it's, it's called words spoken over us. Words spoken over us. You know that old thing when we were kids, what, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. What a lie. Man, if there's ever been a lie spoken, that is a lie. I remember being in elementary school declaring that thing. You know, let let, let it go because it was the end thing and all those kids would say it loud. Sticks and stones, right, man? That was garbage, right? Because the truth is, is, man, those things are hard to get over. Yes, they're hard. Even even while I was preparing for this, I was reminded of the time that my that my mom. Granted, she didn't know Jesus; she was unsaved at the time. But but she took me to uh, the Bible school I was going to go to, and and she was going to drop me off. It was moving day. Uh, you know, everybody else was there. It was the big day. Everybody's you know moving in. And uh, and I remember right before she left, uh, the pastor, the director that was over the whole thing, uh, right before she walked out the door. Uh, she looked at him right in front of me and said, and said, you will call me in two weeks and ask me to come get him. In two weeks, you'll be calling me, asking me to come get him. Now, now listen, I don't think my mom maliciously set out to wound me there, but at 18 years old, that did some damage. Yeah. And, and so what happened was, I got to be honest, that thing stuck with me for a really long time. And, and if I'm being really honest, uh, it just, I might need to double check, see if it's going all the way. 20 years later, yes? And, and so here, here was the prevailing, prevailing thought that lingered when she walked out the door and just kept going for years was this, is, is somehow maybe I'm defected, maybe I'm unwanted, and maybe I'm unlovable. That's what you want because it's your mom. Somebody's supposed to care for you and nurture you. It's her, right? And when mama says she don't like you, you got a problem, right? So another example that came up in my head was, was this, and I was preparing is as I as I went back to uh, I hadn't thought about this in years. I was sitting in a hospital waiting room with my dad. His mom was dying. That's why we were there. And basically, I don't know four or five other family members that were distant relatives. I didn't have a clue who they were. I don't know if I ever met them a day of my life. And in the middle of all of that, I'm sitting there minding my own business, and my dad starts to say in front of everybody what he doesn't like about my style. He didn't like my haircut. He didn't like the fact that I had an earring. Uh, he didn't like the way, you know, way I dressed, uh, you know, because my, basically I, I, my head was shaved all here and all this was really long. And, and, and he, didn't, he didn't like it. He didn't like it that I would put it in braids and, you know, whatever and do all that stuff. And uh, come a long way. So, you know, as a, as a skinny fella, settle down. You know, I, I wore about a 28, 28 waist and I would wear size 40 pants. What up, right? So, but, but, here, but here's, here's, the, here's the thing that hurt me is he said this. He said all of that, and then he, made, then he ended, he closed his deal with this. That's why you don't live with me. Yeah. I wanted to say, no, that's the reason I don't live with you. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what I, you know, but I didn't say. I just, I didn't say anything. Right? And it was so funny. I remember my other grandmother, who was my mom's mom, was with me because uh, our, the two grandmothers, they went to school together. 
And we got in the car, and I've been telling her things about my dad, things he would say, and she didn't believe me. And after that, uh, we got in the car, and she said, she said, baby, you don't never have to go there again if you don't want to. Basically, you, you know, because what it was is he said that. Now, now granted, I, I realized the ignorance in what he was saying. I was smart enough to realize it. Um, but, but you're talking about rejection? That's rejection. Years to get through that. So, so, you know, let me maybe just say this. There's always a root issue to our struggles. Isn't there? Hopefully that makes sense. But the things that we wrestle and we fight and we contend with, we struggle with, there's always a root issue. There's always a reason why. There's always a thing if we, if we get somehow hit rewind and draw the map back, it attaches somewhere along the lines. And here we are. 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, 70 years old, and it's still attached to us in some way. It's, it's like trying to drag around a dead person. Yeah? Man, just dead weight. We can't, I mean, we just, and what's so funny is, listen, I, we'll just roll with it here. Our wife or our husband says something or somebody else says something, it's just a little poke. It has nothing to do with them, but we unleash on them because it's really what we want to say to them. Don't get quiet on me. Isn't that true? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the defected one in the room. All right, so listen, I I just think it's this. That in this room today, and this is, I'm just working to where we're really going to go, but it's like our kingdom purpose, our kingdom destiny, our kingdom identity. I, I use those words a lot, but I use them intentionally a lot. That those things are constantly being held back or being held hostage to something in our past. It's like we're constantly being drugged down or knocked off course by baggage of our past. Right? So, listen, all right, so I said all that to get here, okay? All that to get here. So, wake up now if you're asleep, all right? Nap time's over. (laughs) Listen, I've come to the conclusion that it is impossible... To go through childhood and life, mainly childhood, but life without being wounded in some way. Listen, I hate to say it, but I think it's true. Okay? Now watch this. Here's the point that I want to make to you. While I was thinking about those, ver- that, those verses in Galatians in my default settings with that list, I realized that God was trying to show me something in that passage that I never considered before. And, and it's simply this, that even though, even though all the things on that list are applicable, even though all those things on that list are true and they can hinder and they can stop you in your race, but in context, the Apostle Paul is talking about religion. In the context of what he's talking about, he's talking about religion. Now listen, since September 1996, when my mama dropped me off and made that stupid statement, right, when she said that, since that time, over the last 20 years, I've been actively engaged in the church world. I've either been a volunteer, I've been a Bible school student, I've been on church staff, or I've been a pastor in some way. And I've come to the realization that just as much as it is impossible to work through childhood without being hurt, it is impossible to spend a significant amount of time in the church without getting hurt as well. Am I making sense to you guys? It's impossible to spend a significant amount of church without being hurt or without being wounded as well. And let me tell you something today, and, and, and this may be a surprise for some of you, it may not, but that goes for people that are sitting in the pew and in the pulpit. It goes for both. In fact, let me say this. Most of what the, the congregation has been through is because that guy or that gal up here has hurt themselves. Is that okay to say? Listen, over the years, I have, watch this, I have personally, I've seen pastors, I've seen people in the pew be beat up. It just happens, right? I've seen some people recover. I've seen some people go numb and just kind of go through the church mode, right? And then I've seen others fall off the wagon, period. I have, all three. I've seen people respond really well, get whole, you know, bounce back, and just, man, Jesus heals them and they do great. Once again, seeing some people just kind of eat it and, they, and it festers and they can't let it go. And it's like they always are mentally referencing that past wound, that past hurt. And how do you know? Just have a conversation with them. It's going to come up. They don't, they, in fact, they, they, have, they, they are fishing in that boat. And they have got so used to it being that way that they don't even recognize that it's wrong. 
Are y'all following me? They don't even recognize that that thing defected them in some way. Are y'all with me today? Listen, and then there's some people, listen, that, that they, aren't, they aren't mad at God, but they are just angry at the church. Right? I, I, used, to, I used to have a friend back in Birmingham. Um, I Facebooked them one day because they, they somehow out of the blue, they Facebooked me and let me know that their brother hung themselves. Okay, and, and I remember being there praying for this guy to get saved and all this stuff. And then and then one day uh, they walk in the, uh, their brother's apartment and he'd been hanging there for two days. Okay, now th- they were the only two kids and they loved each other deeply. And she's the one that found him. Wow, huh? So watch this. So I, I remember her basically telling me that. She wasn't angry at God, but she was angry at the church because how the church responded. And the truth is, the way the church responded was very unbiblical. In other words, they were, they were throwing Bible verses that were very out of context and, and basically at the condition of blah, 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 blah. And, and now they don't even go to church. Are you with me? So once again, they're not angry at God. They're angry at the church. And then there's those people that they got wounded and hurt in the church, and they're just angry at God for the whole thing. It's God's fault because God let it happen. That's a false doctrine, by the way. People do have free wills. Yes? Listen, church, uh, well, let me maybe say this before we come, uh, before we go there. This might actually surprise some of you, but statistics say that, watch this, that two out of ten ministers that go into full-time ministry after ten years still remain. After ten, so... I can look, I can go back to the class that I graduated with, right? And we can walk through and, and listen, there was a leader of mine that's now an active homosexual that's dying of, of AIDS. Well, okay. You know why? Because he didn't deal with certain stuff along the way. Truth, okay? So watch this. But but say ten people, ten people, and they just fall off the wagon, da, 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 and ten years later you turn around, there's two that are standing there. And, and I have to be honest with you, and I hope it's okay for me to say this. 20 years in, I totally understand why. Completely get it. You know, you know some, some of them, uh, you know, basically, yes, they made poor choices, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, the opposite sex. They made poor choices with money. Uh, you know, there's a thousand reasons there. Maybe they just got burned out and couldn't take it anymore, false expectations, all these things. And they said, man, this isn't worth it. I was talking to a pastor yesterday, and he just said, man, leadership's hard. Absolutely. You know, listen, you know, in that conversation, the, the context with this, it would be so much easier just to be a church member. Right? And that's why so many just fall off, or they just do this. Man, people just hurt them. I, I remember working for a pastor. Um, I've had very, very few people in my life that intimidate me. When you grow up with a woman like I did, you kind of get tough, right? So, uh, but I worked for this pastor. Man, he used to just scare me. And, uh, and I remember hearing a story. We were all on staff, and, and um, there was a 6 o'clock prayer meeting. that they didn't. It was more of a 6 o'clock gossip meeting. Am I being too real with you all day? Um, what they would do is they, they, would, they would basically have the pastor for breakfast. And then they would uh, read the Bible for 45 minutes or, or 50 minutes, and they go pray for 10 minutes. And they call it a 6 o'clock prayer meeting. It's been going on for like 40 years. This tough guy that just intimidated the mess out of me, uh, one day he went to go to the prayer meeting because if you, as the pastor, if you didn't go to the prayer meeting, then you were less than. So he went to go to the door, and he stopped, and it was one of those doors with slats in it, and they just heard him eating his lunch. And, uh, and then one of the associate pastors that we were on staff with, he said basically he walked into the office and the pastor was like this against the wall. And he was just weeping, just crying. This tough, tough, tough guy. He, they just broke him down. You know, today that guy is not a senior pastor. He's in ministry in another form, but he is not in the church. Wow, huh? So, you know, here's what's crazy is that guy at some point heard the call of God. God launched him out in his destiny, but he was running his race, and somewhere somebody cut in on him. Yeah? Man, there's a, a million stories that are like that. In fact, I, I thought about this in prayer this morning, and I don't, even, I don't even know anything about this show. I think it may be a movie. I'm not sure. But I just heard this, Bride Wars. 
I don't even know what that is. I think it's a show or something. But, but bride wars. And it's almost like that there's, that there's brides that are in conflict with one another. And we've got to remember, we're all the same bride. Why are we fighting ourselves? Amen? I just believe this, that Jesus wants to heal his bride because he's come back for one without spot or blemish. Amen? Amen. Listen, do yourself a favor in here today. Quit thinking that it's going to happen for somebody else and not you. Well, that'll happen for their marriage, but it'll never happen to mine. Listen, that's a lie. Amen? God is no different for anybody else than he is for you. Amen? All right. Let's talk about church hurt. Church hurts can happen in a variety of ways. It can come from a careless or controlling leader. And if you can maybe let me add there, I think a majority of the time it comes from an insecure leader. And there's not a one of us that doesn't deal with insecurities in some way, but it comes from insecure leaders, insecure pastors. It can come through manipulation. It can come from a carnal moment with another believer. How many of you guys know that, man, we're still in the process? Amen. And we're all, listen, we're all one poor decision away from being just straight carnal, right? You know, reading the Bible, you know, it's funny. There's a different context between the Old Testament and New Testament. In the New Testament, where it talks about laying on of hands, it talks about praying for people. In the Old Testament, it talks about laying on of hands. It actually talks about hurting people. So, you know, you're in that moment. (laughs) Spirit of flesh, which way are we going to go? We're going to pray for them. We're going to lay hands on them, right? Okay, anyways. So... Anyways, it can come from gossip because uh, I think that is, is one of the most unspoken about sins in the church. Is that okay to say that? Listen, it can come from putting too much stock in a certain person's opinion. That we somehow man, give, give that individual so much, uh, so much room and validity and power to speak into our lives. When they disappoint us, man, it just hurts us. Because there's one thing that's going to happen. People will disappoint you. Right? Listen, everybody get it straight. There's only one person that will not disappoint you. Jesus. That's it. Okay? So listen, it comes from unfair expectations. That is so true. It is so, so true. I, I, remember, I remember sitting in, uh, in, in church. Pastor Thomas here a few weeks ago. He, he, gave, us, he gave the congregation like this, uh, like this list of questions. How much, do you t- how much time do you think the pastor should study? How much time do you think the pastor should pray? How much time do you think the pastor should be visiting people? And it was so funny. Everybody, I don't know if you remember this, but everybody wrote down their answers. They pulled them together and they did the math. You know how much, to meet the expectations of the congregation, you know how much time in a day that Pastor Tommy would have needed? 72 hours. Is that not hilarious? It's like this. It's so funny, and we've all seen it, and I'm not making light of it, but it's like we want you to come spend all the time with us you have and build relationship, relationship, relationship with us, but we expect on Sunday to have a fresh word from heaven. There's got to be a balance in all that, gang. Yeah? So watch this. But at the same time, I have seen leaders put unfair expectations on people. And they say, man, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need, and they forget that those people have a job and they're married and they have kids. That's their first ministry, not the church. Right? There's unfair expectations that go all these different ways. Or maybe someone's a ministry leader and they just can't figure out why somebody can't show up on time. When's the last time you tried to get four kids ready? Right? Because if, if their house is like my house, this morning, my, my four-year-old woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He did not want to cooperate. He didn't want that cereal. He wanted something we didn't have. And he was having a meltdown. Right? That's why we were five minutes late. Maybe. 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 They're my, literally, my two youngest kids were wandering around the house last night at, uh, at 1230. We already put them in bed. I kept hearing the noise. I'm thinking, do I need my pistol? I'm thinking I lock the doors and I go in there and it's Jude trying to get a cup so he can get some water. Dad, I'm thirsty. But I'm like, he's like breaking the joint down, right? (laughs) Anyways, whatever. I finally abandoned my bed last night and went downstairs so I could just go to sleep. That's awesome. I prefer, yeah, anyways, hallelujah. All right, so it come from unfair expectations. It come from misunderstandings. Everybody get that. The number one cause of church hurt is misunderstandings. 
is that is that this in some way same thing in marriage it's one person does one thing and someone assumes that it's something else and and here's the thing i'm amazed i'm amazed i'm amazed at how uh, we want grace for our intentions but we never give grace towards anyone else's intentions Right? And it's, it's this thing, man, if we can just stop and go, man, what's really their heart? Right? Isn't it so hard to do? Isn't it hard? In other words, to go, to give someone the benefit of the doubt, go, man, that was not their heart. No, it is their heart. I knew they hated me all these years. <laughs> Next one, it can come from a disappointing relationship. Well, what I mean by this is, is simply this, is that you're wanting something. In fact, I'll, I'll give you the number one way it's happened in our lives, okay? Is this, is that we're looking towards someone hoping that they'd be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, and we engage in that, they promise something, we engage in something, and then it doesn't happen. Right? Someone says, I'll disciple you, I'll hold you accountable, and they never ask you anything. Right? Y'all getting caught. It's truth, right? It comes to this. It's. And I think this is a huge one, too, is seeing other people being mistreated. I don't know if that's up there, but seeing other people be mistreated. How many times have we taken the offense of someone else? Because they did that to them. Blah, 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 blah. And you get all in a, all worked up. And now you don't like that individual. And it had nothing to do with you. Truth is, is you don't even know the whole story. Yeah? Listen, the next one is this, and this is so true. But it can come from a truth preached in excess. Now, what do I mean by that? Truth preached in excess. I'll just say this and we'll reel it back in. Because without balance from the full counsel of God, any truth can be driven into a ditch. But it doesn't negate the biblical truth that initially started in. Watch this. Is holiness a real principle in the Bible? Yes. God is, God is a holy God. Okay. People have taken that holiness and they went, they've driven that thing in the ditch. That if a woman wears makeup, she's in sin. Right? If she doesn't wear a dress, she's in sin. Right? I'm like, show me the Bible. Show me the Bible. I had a guy basically kind of rebuke me in a really nice way because I don't preach with a suit and a tie. Okay. You know what I wore the next week? My normal clothes. It's all right. No, God bless you, brother. You know, that's it. But listen, it's a, but there, there's things that people have taken. Is there, do we come before the Lord in excellence? Yes. But I don't think the Lord gives a rip if I have blue jeans or a suit on. I don't. If, you know, if, I really don't. Okay. And, uh, you, you know, listen, Kenny, let me break it down for you. If he can hear me naked at home, he can probably hear me in any piece of clothing. Is that all right to say that? Is that true? I mean, look, if he can't hear you when you're naked, don't pray in the shower, all right? He ain't going to hear you. I'm being so dumb today. All right, here we go. It's just this. Let me say this. There's just people that have just gone so overboard, and they've driven people to just works, right? And what happens is, is when it's works, 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 then people get angry with God and go, forget this mess. Because after a while, you, you know, it... Or it could be this, and this is really what's in the church at the moment. They have taken grace, and they've went all the way in it. Last night, my wife showed me a, a, a thing from a leader, a national leader, that said that it is, uh, I can't remember the words they used, but basically that uh, they're all for gay marriages. And I just want to go, yes, God is a God of grace, but the Bible says, watch this, that in Hebrews chapter 11, you can read it. It talks about, uh, no, chapter 10, sorry, that it talks about basically that we insult the spirit of grace. That we literally trample underfoot the blood of Jesus. So is there a doctrine there that God's a God of grace? Yes, but we can drive it in the ditch. Right? And so what happens is, is, is then, you, then you get around all these people that are, you know, sleeping around, getting drunk all the time, doing all these things. And they go, it's okay, I'm under grace. And what happens is their life's going down the tubes because they stepped outside of what's real doctrine and right doctrine. Yes? So, anyways, so that has hurt a lot of people. You can fill in the blanks there. So it can come from legalism. It can come from a lack of holiness. It can come from being overlooked or rejected for an opportunity. Is that all right? God's anointed me to do this. Well, we chose them. 
Oh, I've been there. Has I already said that? I've been there. Listen, it can come. Am I going too long? Don't say yes. Well, we're almost done. <laughs> ah, all right. So listen, we're, we're really almost done. It can come from church politics. Maybe I've never seen that, but man, I sure have. It, it can come from, uh, it come unintentionally. Watch this. Is it true, is it not true that good-hearted people can still hurt good-hearted people? Yeah, yeah it is. So listen, the list really goes on, but we've we got to move here. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm just giving you some things to kind of get your mind rolling. I, I'm not so sure if it really matters how it comes. The truth is, is this. Church hurt hurts. Plain and simple. Church hurt hurts. Now, listen, if we're willing to admit it or not, it affects our interaction with the body. It affects our involvement in the body. It affects our level of commitment with the body. It causes us to run away from truths that we know are correct in our hearts. I mean, how many times is there something that we know is right, but because we've seen it in excess, we just go, I'm not touching it. Right? It's, let me say it this way. It just hit me. So, you know, is accountability a kingdom thing? Yes, it is. Is spiritual authority a kingdom thing? Yes, it is. So just because the spiritual leader abuses someone doesn't mean now I have spend the rest of my life running from all spiritual authority. Right? Listen, we've all, we've all, hey, look, I can wiggle every toe and every finger. We have all been under controlling leaders at some point. If it's in the workplace, the church, wherever it's at, we've all experienced that. But it doesn't mean that all leaders are that. Right? Amen? So listen, it, and it also causes us this, and, I, and this kind of may be off the cut here a little bit, but I think that church hurt has also caused some of us not to release some teachings that we know are wrong. Yeah. I can't explain that, but I feel it's like I can't put language to what I want to say, but it's almost like we believe something so long, and the Holy Spirit's trying to say, hey, look, that's wrong. But we go, no, because of this, this, and this, my I refuse to let that thing go. And what happens is, is God's wanting to do a new thing in our life, but we can't even do a new, he can't do a new thing because we're still going, I refuse to let go of it. Am I making sense to anybody with that? It's, it's, if you can imagine this, that the Holy Spirit, that his job is to, what, is to guide us into all truth, but it's also his job to guide us out of things that are not true. So you got to let him be him. So when you watch this, once again, you hear him, right? He speaks, you hear him, and then how are you going to respond? Your response is in your actions. Amen? So, all right. So let's just go with this. Um, it keeps us from stepping out, okay? In other words, let's say this. Let's say we've seen excess in prophecy, but because we've seen it done wrong, then we go, you know what? I'll never touch that again. We've all seen weirdness in that. Well, some of if you've ever been there, you've seen weirdness. Right? But there's a healthy way about that. Amen? So it's this. It causes us, watch this, all in all, let me just sum it up with this. That church hurt causes us to put up our walls. It, refuse, it makes us refuse to let our guard down, uh, refuse to get close to people, and refuse to let people in. Is that not so true? And, and listen, here's what's so wild about church hurt is we can, we, we so, once again, we can fake it. We can come through the back doors, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Oh, I'm the head and not the tail above and not beneath. We, we can put our church face on. Is that not something we put our church face on? And, uh, and, and, but what happens is, is we come in and then that person walks to her. Hallelujah. It just, uh, and you, and you, and you're, and there's just bitterness in our hearts. Or there's hurt. We're wounded, right? And, and, and watch this. It's so, it's easier to avoid them than it is to confront it and work through it and get healed. Listen, the Bible says, I'm really going to mess with y'all today. The Bible says that um, before you bring your offering, your worship to the Lord and at the altar, it says if you know you have alt with your brother, turn around. It's no good. Go find your brother and go make it right and then come worship. That's Bible verses we don't like. Because most, of, most people, let, let me say this, if you think confronting something's fun, you're deranged. Okay, something's wrong with you, right? Nobody likes confronting something, okay? But if, if for us to be healed and whole, then we've got to confront stuff sometimes. Yeah. All right, let me move on. All right, here we go. 
So basically this, I know I'm saying a whole bunch of stuff, but we can respond to hurt in a thousand different ways. But uh, there's one consistent truth in all of this, and I believe it's this, what God wants to see. Uh, that no matter what the hurt is, once again, going back to Galatians, it's become an obstacle. It's hindering us. It's holding us back. It's interfering. It's tripping us up. It's keeping us from running the race. It's keeping us from moving forward in the kingdom. And I just feel in my heart this morning like God is saying this. He's saying, he's saying this, that I'm not going to let you agree with that any longer. I mean, it's really simple. I'm not going to let you agree with that any longer. It's almost this thought of, uh, of how long will you carry something that I haven't put on you. Yeah. Right? The detour didn't come from him. Right? Right? So, once again, and I'm just going to close, but w- once again, it's this, whole, it's this whole thought that Jesus himself is trying to bring victory in our lives. He's trying to bring wholeness in our lives, trying to bring healing in our lives. But it's up to us to respond to it. Yes? So um, I think here's what I want to do today. Because, because we can't talk about response without responding. Yeah? So um, listen, I'll be the first person to tell you in the room, 20 years into this, man, I got so many bruises on me, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I feel like I ran through a gauntlet. Okay? And, uh, and so and I, don't, I say that not to go pity me. I say that to go, look, you're not alone. That's the only reason I'm saying that. You're not alone. I'm open and honest because I want you to go, okay, maybe it's not just me. Right? Our trajectory in church for many of us has looked real different. We've been in different places, different spots. But but once again, it it doesn't really matter how and all that it came. What matters is just that our hearts are open and say, Jesus, do what you need to do. I'm tired of carrying. I'm tired of being detoured. I'm tired of being tripped up. I want to run the race that you called me to run. I want to run it well. Amen. If you don't mind, and we'll ask you to uh, maybe sit down a minute. I'm not sure. But if you can't, just stand up. I'm just going to try to help you maybe move for a minute. If you don't mind, just go ahead and close your eyes. If you're physically able, close your eyes. <laughs> if you're not, we'll pray for healing in a minute. Um, I'm just trying to help some of you guys feel relaxed. It's okay. Listen, we, we believe that the good shepherd is here, right? And he's for our good. And, man, he just wants to heal us. So today I'm not so sure, you know, once again, if it's for three people. Maybe it's just for me and I need to get all you guys to come up here and lay hands on me. Uh, or maybe it's for all of us. But I'm just going to, let's just pray and let's just ask the Lord to reveal anything he needs to reveal. Anything that we have been uh, mentally referencing for a while or maybe something that man's just been hanging on to us and, and we just can't shake it. Uh, let's ask him to reveal it. So, Holy Spirit, we just come before you today in Jesus' name. Jesus, if there's anything that's attached itself to us, any bumps, any bruises, any scrapes, any cuts any deep wounds, Lord, I just ask that you would reveal it to us even this moment. I'm just going to ask that if you, if you know something that's connected there, just lift both hands. Lift them high if you don't mind. All right. Jesus. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody keep your hands up. You got your hands up. I want you to turn around and look around the room. Look around the room. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to play a song. And I'm just going to ask that you go find somebody. And, um, and you just pray uh, for each other to be healed. Is that okay? Uh, y'all don't be scared of that. And listen, here, here's what you don't need to do. Everybody look here, okay? Here's what we don't need to do in this moment. Everybody listen, okay? We don't need to rehash it. You, you don't need to go, man, here's what was done to me. Okay? You, you just need to go, you just need to base in your own heart, either forgive someone, because that's a big part of this, is you need to let it go. You need to forgive someone. And then, uh, and then you just, basically when you pray for somebody, just believe God's going to heal them. And, it, and listen, it doesn't have to be some five-hour prayer, but I don't want you to rush it either at the same time. Okay? So um, are you guys okay? Listen, if we're going to be a body, if we're going to move forward, 
there's got to be vulnerability and honesty in these things, okay? And so, uh, Mr. Bill, can you come here? The Bill Woodrow. I won't scare nobody. So let's do this. He's going to play a song of his liking, and I'm just going to ask, do you want to play? No. Okay. You, do you want to sing too? Maybe. So, so, <laughs> so let's do this. We're going to play a song, and I'm just going to ask you to find somebody, but I'm going to encourage you to go find somebody maybe that... Um, Maybe that's not like if it's a spouse, then grab an, if you're a spouse, grab another couple and pray with them, okay? Just be intentional and don't go the easy route at this moment. Don't go the safe route of where you can kind of be vulnerable, okay? Be vulnerable, all right? So play that. Let's move around. Are you guys okay with that? Am I being clear enough with that? Talk to me. Am I being clear enough with that? Okay. So if you need to step out in the aisle, if you need to come down the front, you can do whatever you need to do to make some room. Amen? Go, Austin. Awesome.